Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Um, everybody, I'm going to sing right now for one time. Let it go. Um, that would appear to be a heavy metal song about the Eastern Bunny sung by a three-year-old. <laughs> did you say Eastern Bunny? Is that a... If I did, I it misspoke. Okay. <laughs> that was uh, that's quite the song. The Eastern Bunny comes and, and leaves, <laughs> I don't know, sodas. And uh, what would these uh, Philly cheesesteaks. <laughs> I was thinking more of the broader Eastern where we'd come and leave, oh. uh, I don't know... Curry? Buddhist quotes or something. <laughs> Egg food young? Exactly. Yoga mats. <laughs> the Eastern Bunny. Hilarious. <laughs> yeah. And more this hour about the tick, the Kool-Aid TikTok challenge as children are busting down fences all across the country causing thousands in damage. Oh, and another thing we need to pay off. The Australian bloke, he's actually a mayor of a town who's suing ChatGPT for slander. This is the first time this has happened, and how are the courts going to handle that? What does it mean? I don't know. 
So uh, the three-year-old metal singer, I don't know, as far as I know, is being treated beautifully. But speaking of confused children, a new study out we mentioned earlier, but there's much more to it. Uh, Newly released study found that parents who took their adolescent children to gender clinics said they experienced pressure to agree to the transition process and that their children's well-being was worse, not better, afterward. The findings of the paper is entitled Rapid Onset Gender Dysphoria, Parent Reports on 1655 Possible Cases. Published Wednesday in the Archives of Sexual Behavior, lent support to the theory that the surge in gender-switching adolescence is rooted in a social contagion stoked by media, social media peers, and gender clinicians. A social contagion. That has got to be a lot of it. I suppose if I was going to be as charitable as possible on this topic, it would be this has always existed at way higher numbers than we thought. And the social contagion is, well, it's the definition of woke. People have have awakened to the reality of gender dysphoria. You know, as arguments go, that's a fairly sound one. Uh, it, 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 uh, it is an enormous stretch to think that the percentage of adolescents in particular who are claiming, yeah, yeah, I'm actually a dude. Um, is is legit, or just the expression of a long hidden phenomenon? Um, but you know, as again, as arguments go, that one's fairly well constructed. It's just wrong. Uh, but to get back to the study, of the 390 parents of the uh, 1,655 in the study who said they had visited a gender clinic or specialist, 52% said they felt pressured to transition their child socially and/or medically. And 24%, say about 23%, said they did not feel pressured. So it's two to one pressured versus not pressured. And 25% said they're unsure. Yeah, that would be, I was picturing, um, you know, like if they're moving the paperwork along pretty fast on you buying this car that you haven't specifically said you're ready to buy. Mm-hmm. Uh, am I being pressured or not? I, uh, I don't know. But man, you're sure coming up with this paperwork fast. <laughs> Before we've really sat down and thought it over. Yeah, and it's it's difficult to define, especially if you're in the midst of what's got to be a, a confusing crisis oh. as a parent. Oh, my I mean, gosh. Like, I can't imagine. Yeah, your your daughter, your 13-year-old daughter tells you, I'm a boy and I want to change. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, just heartbreaking. Uh, back to the study. Quote, an especially important predictor of transition was whether a family had received a referral for a gender specialist. Of those who received a referral, 73% of the youth had socially transitioned, compared with 49% who had not received a referral. The respective numbers for medical transition were 11 versus 5. So, in other words, if you were sent to one of these gender specialists who are activists disguised as medical professionals... You'd have a half again more, uh, half again higher likelihood of socially transitioning and more than double the chance of surgical medical transitioning. Uh, Led by Northwestern University professor Michael Bailey, the peer reviewed study is the largest to date on rapid onset gender dysphoria, known as ROGD, an unofficial diagnosis proposed uh, recently by a leading expert to explain, quote, the recent epidemic of gender dysphoria among adolescents and young adults. How can you, you know, so it ha, it's, it's been introduced, this idea. It's not part of the DSM yet or whatever, whatever certification you have to get for being a thing. But clearly it's going on. This rapid onset gender dysphoria has happened to the country. 
Oh, yeah. Mm hmm. Well, and it's worth pointing out that the various certifying uh, organizations that you're talking about are way left on this stuff. I mean, they're crazy left. Like the American Academy of Pediatrics is, I mean, they're out there with the NC, NCAA, sorry, uh, the uh, NAACP and the Southern Poverty Law Center. They're radical leftists. Anyway, uh, a study based on 1,665 parents who responded to a survey, et cetera, et cetera, about their uh, experiences of their children age, ages 11 to 21 uh, Mr. Bailey, that's the head of the study, said the study's primary limitation is bias. The respondents were more likely to be unhappy with their child's transitioning experience and were in favor of the idea of social contagion. But he said studies focusing on pro-transition families are also biased. Quote, it is unclear to us, however, why parents would be motivated to exaggerate their children's problems. Furthermore, furthermore, our most important findings come from comparisons among families within our study, so cannot be attributed to parental biases. What he's saying is a lot of the people in the study were not happy with the results of the transitioning. And so you could say, well, they're biased. They're complaining about the process. But again, he pointed out, why the hell would a parent exaggerate the level of their child's unhappiness or their own unhappiness? Because they're biased or because they love their kid and their kid is miserable. Getting into that more. At the same time, the parents were, quote, much more likely to be progressive than conservative based on comments they made when asked about their beliefs. All right. Well, that, that, you didn't really need to spend a lot of money on that, but. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Asked how children's depression, anxiety, and gender dysphoria had changed after transitioning, the study found that, quote, parents were much more likely to say that the youth had worsened than improved. Oh, that's In horrible. psychological functioning and in relationships with parents. Oh, that's tough. Imagine that. Oh, my God. Even before the onset of gender dysphoria, most of the adolescents had mental health problems and 42% had formal medical diagnoses. Those difficulties preceded their gender dysphoria issues by about four years. Quote, go ahead. What percent had a diagnosed mental? 42. All right. Youth, youths with a history of mental issues were especially likely to have taken steps to socially and medically transition, the summary said. This relationship held even after statistically adjusting for likely confounders like age. The finding is concerning because youth with mental health issues may be especially likely to lack judgment necessary to make these important, and in the case of medical transition, permanent decisions. More than 72% said their children expressed stress, uh, experienced stressful events before the onset of gender dysphoria, including family moves, relationship troubles, abuse, and the suicide of someone they knew. Oh, man. I know. I know. And, and I will get to my sincerely held and heartfelt belief on this topic. And that is that mentally troubled, confused, scared traumatized misfits who wonder every second of every day why they're not happy and are desperate for the answer to that question. Everybody else seems happy. Why am I not happy? They're being targeted by these radical theorist types and told the reason you're not happy is that you're actually a guy and that those growing breasts that embarrass you and, and you don't like and your budding femininity and the idea of sex with a man, which you've learned about now in school, are so intimidating, confusing, and, and freaking you out so much 
It's not because that's natural. It's because you're actually a dude. Right. And particularly, I wonder in the gay community, and maybe some of you can tell us this, that's what Andrew Sullivan, uh, the gay conservative, has written about, is just how troubled he is as a guy who grew up a confused gay young man, uh, figuring out what was going on, just what it would have been like with all this going on around him when he was a kid. Yeah, if you're a young gay man, young man, boy, lesbian, girl, adolescent, whatever, you be you. The old school view, which is like five years ago, is, hey, you're beautiful. You be you. You be love yourself. You're fine. The message from the left is you're effed up and need to be fixed with drugs and surgery. I find that so ugly. There's more to the study. Girls outnumber boys in the survey, 75% to 25%. It's so a contagion among adolescent girls. The average age of gender dysphoria onset was 15.8 years for girls, 14 years for boys. About 55% of the adolescents knew someone who had transitioned. Having, quote, having friends come out as transgender contemporaneously was significantly related to the likelihood of social transition. Among females, 73% with contemporaneous transgender friends had taken steps toward social transition, compared to about 20% less without such friends. Parents estimate their children spend an average of four and a half hours per day on social media and the Internet before developing gender dysphoria. There was evidence of immersion in both social media and in peer groups with other transgender identifying youths. The study found um, the study drew praise as well as pushback on social media. A middle-aged trans lesbian asked, I'm really curious, is rapid onset gender dysphoria the only alleged psychiatric malady that can be diagnosed exclusively by talking to the parents of people summarizing or suffering from it? Nobody's claimed that. I, uh, I've wondered for a while now where my kids came up with their attitude toward this, because I don't talk about it at home, but they both have a very conservative, more traditional attitude toward this sort of thing. And I just wonder if that's more what you, if you don't get any information about it, that's kind of where you just end up, as opposed to cheerleading about it from a very early age. Mm-hmm. I don't know, because I don't talk about it at home. Yeah, well, yeah, they're exposed to a lot of it at school, I guess, But social not, media. But I wouldn't think the conservative view of it. They're not getting exposed to that view of it. Uh, no, I don't at know. At school? I don't know. Uh, one final point. Um, I guess I guess what I'm trying to say, without I don't want to get myself into trouble, is I think it's, oh boy, you got to really choose your words carefully. I think your natural conclusion in a vacuum would be to assume that this is not a thing unless it were introduced to you. Yeah, it's it's a craze. And and one one engine of this, particularly among white girls, and again having raised a couple of girls and and coached their sports teams and all that sort of thing, I know a little more than the average adult male I think about uh, adolescence in females. Um cuz uh, I had and continue to have beautiful relationships with my daughters, and I'm very grateful for that. But um, young girls need so desperately to belong. And particularly white girls are subjected to the message that they are part of the oppressor class. They were born a sinner. 
They were born an oppressor and that they are the source of ugliness and evil in the world. And that is an incredibly difficult message to hear over and over and over again as an adolescent girl. And they quickly realize if I am not a cisgendered straight white girl, in fact, I'm transgender or I'm bi or I'm not non-binary or whatever. Immediately, that derision turns into acceptance and love and support. You don't think that is an incredible magnet for adolescent girls? You don't know adolescent girls. That'd be pretty powerful. Uh, you can weigh in with your thoughts or experiences if you've had any on the text line 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Yep, yesterday was crazy because former President Trump got arrested here in New York City. The news covered every move, his every, every move, but most of it was just him traveling. Did you see? I'm not sure we needed a play-by-play of a guy's trip to the airport, you know what I'm saying? It was like Trump clicked, share my Uber trip with the entire country. Yep, the news literally covered Trump's rides to the airport. The only time I care about someone getting to the airport is my uncle after Thanksgiving. All right, he's on the plane, go. Thank you. Bye, thank you so much. Wow. Or uncle. Anti-uncle rhetoric or there. Or uncle having to hear that. Coming up, first lawsuit against chat GPT for false information. Where does this take us? Dystopia. That's where it takes us. Oh, well, okay. I answered the question. So we've been saying for a long time, Wall Street Journal had an article about this last year. American companies, U.S. companies, are going to have to pull out of China. So hopefully they're making a plan now because it's inevitable. It's not like, ah, oh, maybe things will settle down. No, not a zero chance. You get to continue being Nike making shoes in China as an American company. It's just that in a way it's going to continue. 
Unless Dylan Mulvaney pumps up your sales, but more on that later. Especially, oh geez, especially in the Wall Street Journal, this is what they pointed out. You got to worry about the fact that you got your factories there and workers and technology and material and all this sort of stuff. At any point, things get ugly. China could say, all right, this is ours now. And you just lost all that infrastructure. And how long would it take you to get ramped up somewhere else? Well, to that point, uh, Apple knows this is happening. So there's a surge in Apple iPhones being made in India. I didn't know that. And they're transitioning over. Now, currently, only 5% of iPhones are made at an Apple plant in India. But it's expected to be half of iPhones made for the world by 2027. So in just three and a half years, half of iPhones will be made in India. Wow. And uh, it's screaming that direction. Boy, what what does that do to the balance of everything in the world? Apple, the is it currently the biggest company in the world, most valuable company in the world? It's in the top three anyway. Um, moving out of China, they can't be happy about that, but that's the way it's going, man. Yeah, yeah, boy. You know, I don't want to live forever, but it'd be nice to live long enough to see what the second half of the century looks like for China, as they have disastrous demographic trends, an increasingly totalitarian government. They seem to be heading toward some sort of military muscle flexing. And the Western world is uh, getting warier and warier of them. Yeah, so many companies pulled out of the financial hub that was Hong Kong when China took it back over again and Apple leaving. Yeah, that's, that's not good news for them. Did you just say you don't want to live forever? You just made that statement? Yeah. That's interesting. I'm good. Armstrong and Getty. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Had to wake up and go answer the door and explain to them that I don't have their device. 
and uh, people don't tend to believe you. Well, the cops are on their way over here, so you may want to come talk to me before they come here. There's plenty of irrational people in the world that if they're angry, if they're drunk, if they, you know, have had a rough night and they lost their phone and thought it was stolen, that's my biggest concern. Someone coming to the house, potentially with a weapon. That is Scott Schuster, father of two, who, for some reason... Lives in a house, I'm sorry, for some reason should have come next. Who lives in a house that for some reason, Apple's Find My iPhone keeps identifying as where people's missing iPhones are. Wow. He is a software engineer, the father of a seven-year-old and a nine-year-old, a gentleman of honest pursuits and good standing, who can't figure out how the hell this keeps happening, but people keep showing up and banging on my door saying, where's my iPhone? So, though, does the where's my iPhone, because I've used that for a variety of, I do it for keeping track of my kids. I do it for finding my earbuds if I can't find them. But is it, it pings off of other products, right? Is that the uh, way it works? I don't know. Well, I know you the can air tag find does. it on other products. The air tag pings off of other like if the air tag is not around any other products, um, it doesn't work. It like feeds off of other people's stuff somehow. Hmm. Um but I I guess that's not true with you like your earbuds and stuff like that. Have you ever done that? Like you can you can you can figure out the earbuds are over in that side of the house sometimes. Oh, I left hmm. I must have left them in that bedroom. And watch, look at the map on your phone. Yeah, I haven't done that. I've done the find my iPhone thing a couple yeah. of times, but yeah. Oh, that would duh, suck, duh. though. So people oh, yeah. think their iPhone was stolen, and the guy in the house has got it. And he's like, I, I don't have your phone. Well, yeah, he said he's he's upset about the people showing up at his door because he has two young children and worries for their safety. He said part of this clip in the, the clip we heard, or part of this quote, there are plenty of irrational people. If they're angry, drunk, had a rough night and lost their phone, thought it was stolen, that's my biggest concern. Someone coming to the house potentially with a weapon. Oh, he's yeah. reached out um, to Apple support many times as early as 2022. He called them, messaged them, filed a formal report, which is listed as closed. He said it's never been resolved. And another person came knocking just a few days ago. Weird. Uh, it's probably about the inconvenience of losing your iPhone. Um, and, uh, uh, all the information that's in it that bothers people the most. For whatever reason, I, and I don't think most people treat our iPhones like the thousand dollar computer that they are. You don't mm-hmm. look at them in the same way as you do your $1,000 laptop, like if somebody stole it. It's weird. I don't know why we do that. But Hmm. hmm. Anyway, uh, speaking of technology, I thought this story was crazy. Uh, Dateline, Sydney, Australia. A regional Australian mayor says he may sue OpenAI if it does not correct ChatGPT's false claims that he served time in prison for bribery in what would be the first defamation lawsuit against the automated text service. He worked for um, a subsidiary of the Reserve Bank of Australia in the early 2000s and became aware that there were people paying bribes to foreign officials to win currency printing contracts. So he was the whistleblower. But ChatGPT has put out some sort of article saying that he was convicted and did time and he can't get them to change that. Get. And when you say them, who is them? Open AI. Well, right. But is it a human being or is it the computer? Can they not get the computer to change it? Or like the... 
because I don't know how easy that would be for the people behind ChatGPT to get the algorithm to change the information it has. You know, I have a handful of questions about this story. It's on Reuters, and the quality of journalism just gets worse and worse lately. Um, but who issued the prompts to get this story made on what platforms exactly um, has it been distributed? Uh, he became concerned about his reputation when members of the public told him ChatGPT had falsely named him as a guilty party in a foreign bribery scandal. Um, so... I guess the prompt is just something like, what's his name again? Uh, tell me about Brian Hood of uh, the Melbourne, Australia area. And ChatGPT tells you Brian Hood's a damn criminal. Isn't he still in jail? Run for your lives. So that is similar to the story earlier in the week that we talked about with Jonathan, Jonathan Turley, the famous law professor that weighs in on all these Trump cases all the time. Uh, for whatever artificial intelligence, ChatGPT had falsely reported, if you searched on him, that he had a claim of sexual harassment against him that was never made against him on a, by, by, uh, on a trip that he never was on that it mentioned at a university he never worked for. And he had trouble trying to look in. It's funny. He's, apparently, he's not litigious, even though he's a lawyer, uh, looking into like how to get that corrected or removed or taken down or whatever. And it is... And he writes about the dangers of artificial intelligence. He had a big column in USA Today, I guess it was yesterday, about this. Um, trying to figure out where this is all going. I mean, what what will you do if the Internet, it, you know, an open AI learns from all the information out there. So it could, you know, it just build on itself. And you could end up in a situation where an original false claim has been reported and repeated so many times. It's just embedded in all the AI in the world. That, wow! That you once blank, and how are you going to get that taken down? Who are you? That's why I said who. Who are you going to appeal to to get that corrected? What's that, what's that term we learned about how they do that in Washington? Double dipping or or self dealing or right? That's kind of what happened with the uh, the the steel dossier. James Comey, yeah, the yeah. classic example of it. Whatever the term is, uh, he leaked to the press that uh, here's a big story. The president was briefed on this crap. Because he briefed them on the crap, and then the justification for printing the crap was that the story had been in the New York Times. Right, <laughs> right. But so if there if there ends up being a uh, um, uh, a story that starts that I'm a goat molester, I've been caught molesting goats multiple times, and I clear, clearly I can't be uh, straightened out. Um, if the, if that just gets picked up in all the different, you know, Sydney by the the, the chat thing on microsoft and chat gpt and then whatever google's is and everybody and it just keeps repeating stories and printing more stories and so i don't you would never be able to get rid of it would you yeah yeah that's an intriguing thought it's the ultimate garbage in garbage out 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 well and again <laughs> well and then in 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 that's why this case might be really important because who would you appeal to yeah yeah wow the, a self-perpetuating Bull S machine. Who are you going to be mad at? The world of information that says you're a goat molester, even though it never happened? And even though those goats clearly consented, right? <laughs> Come on. 
So there's more on this theme to come, and I think you'll find it very interesting. After a quick word from our friends at Simply Safe Home Security, property crime on the rise. I don't care where you are. It's unbelievable. It's an experiment in lawlessness. Protect your stuff, your family with Simply Safe. It's cutting-edge technology and backed by 24-7 professional monitoring that costs under a dollar a day. That's less than half the price of traditional home security systems. Yeah, I don't know what's m- more amazing. Like, all the stuff that Simply Safe does, the fact that it's under a dollar a day, the fact that you set it up yourself in like a half an hour, the fact that it's so simple to use that you'll actually use it, as opposed to a lot of... Home security systems are so complicated and they go off when they're not supposed to so often people just don't use them. And it's so modern. You can lock and unlock your doors, access your cameras and arm and disarm your system from anywhere. You know, if the visitors get there from the airport before you, etc. Easy to do. Customize the perfect system for your home and your needs in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. No long-term contracts. Go today and claim a free indoor security camera plus 20% off your order with interactive monitoring. Again, that's simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. This is a great system. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. There's no safe. Like Simply Safe. So I don't follow the sport of professional golf, but I do know that the Masters is the the biggest deal in the world, right? Every year? Pretty much, yeah. And uh, it's starting today, and I just saw Jack Nicholas tee off to start the thing. I do not like his chances. He really (laughs) looks like he's not in a position to win. Well, he swings like an elderly man. Ah, he, He looks 100. Yeah, that was the uh, ceremonial first tee shot of uh-huh. the tournament that he and other legends of the game hit. Again, I do not like his chances. And, and he hit it the he. wrong way, too. He hit it the wrong way. Right into the crowd. Mm-hmm. That'll be Tiger Woods before you know it, doing the ceremonial shot as an old man. Someday, yeah. Yeah, as time marches on. But you'll I, hate oh, that this. that reminds me. That you, reminds me. Hang on a second. You'll hate this, that looking up at CBS, I've seen more of Tiger Woods than anything else. Oh, I have as, no doubt. As they uh, cover the uh, Masters, and he's got zero chance to win, right? Uh, no, th- I wouldn't say that. He's a long shot, definitely, but he could make the cut, and he still strikes the ball brilliantly. He's just he's crippled by falling asleep at the wheel with a head full of Ambien. Anyway, I need to check my uh, my pool, my Masters pool, to make sure. I mean, you can't win the tournament on Thursday, Jack, but you can sure lose it. You wager on golf. Heavily, yes. Um, let's see. Oh, I was tied for fifth a while ago, but what the heck? There's a team called Ass Man. Really? Do do better. These be are the people better. you hang out with. People who bet who under are. team names like Ass Man. Ah, my team's name, my team's name is Caesar Augusta. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm fine. I'm doing great. You just gotta. I gotta make sure none of my players played themselves out of the tournament already. Illegal gambling, probably none of it recorded for tax purposes. <laughs> wow. What? No, this is all made up for entertainment value on a radio show. You're doing I wouldn't this, wager a dime. You're doing the same thing Trump did. You're writing down your dollars in the wrong columns, and there are no porn stars involved, as far as I know. Although Ass Man might be connected to the industry. I don't know. With uh, with uh, with faces like horses or any other beast. Yeah, and not that I know of. Again, uh, I disavow. I disavow. Just so if it came up in conversation, yes, I'm around some people, mm. and I have to throw out a name to pretend I'm even slightly aware. Give me a name other than Tiger Woods of a popular golfer right now. Here's what you say. This is JT's year. 
Who? JT? This is JT's year. He okay. breaks through. All right. That, that would be a reference to Justin Thomas or say uh, Rory gets it done this year. He's going to complete the Grand Slam. I'll just remember that. Okay. R- Rory, I'll remember that. Yeah. Rory gets it done. Yeah. I'll oh, bet I'm Rory saying. gets it done this year. Yep. Yep. Nod my that, head knowingly uh, and walk away. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's, that's a good strategy. Uh, anyway, where were we? Ah, oh, AI, yes. So I've come across a couple of uh, think pieces lately about artificial intelligence. One that suggests AI could go Terminator and gain an upper hand over humans in a Darwinian rules of evolution nightmare. Wow. And then another one, simultaneously, don't worry about that. AI's real risk is the potential for misuse by humans. AI's not going to become the Terminator. I don't know if you've looked around. There's plenty of evil people already, and they're going to use AI. I was talking to somebody here in the building, radio guy, uh, salesperson, said, do you use this? And I said, I haven't used it. I know all about it, just from people I know. And he said, I use it every day. It's amazing. Okay. You know, regular, everyday applications that people are using it for. Uh, My niece said she uses it all the time. Uh, I I wouldn't even know how to start to use it, but... I don't do anything other than talk into a microphone. So, um, uh, but so pick, give me an example of uh, evil use by humans. I will. Okay. Right after this. Okay. Okay. Will I be frightened? Uh, how easily frightened are you? I don't know. Maybe you're already so bitter and cynical, nothing can arouse your emotions. I don't know. This is all I'm saying. Rory gets it done. I walk away. You think this is the year? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and and it's, pretty, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned. Armstrong and Getty. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Kanye West has fallen off the Forbes billionaire list. What, they don't allow crazy people on the list? Seems uh, probably racism. Yeah. Hmm? 
So a couple of uh, points of view on the whole AI thing. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this one, maybe another time, but competitive pressures among corporations and militaries will give rise to AI agents and that automate human roles, deceive others and gain power. If such agents have intelligence that exceeds that of humans, this could lead to humanity losing control of its future. AI could go Terminator, gain an uh, upper hand using Darwinian rules of evolution and end up again harvesting our organs. <laughs> The inevitable end. What am uh, I going to do with a kidney? Anyway, uh, we could talk about that more later, but I found uh, this one a little more compelling. Uh, this is in the the Wapo. Who wrote this? I don't remember. doesn't matter. Uh, they talk about the people calling for a pause in AI, uh, but they write, the bad news is that anxiety at the pace of change also might be warranted, not because AI will outsmart humans, but because humans are already using AI to outsmart, exploit, and shortchange each other in ways that existing institutions are not prepared for. And the more AI is regarded as powerful, the greater the risk people and corporations will entrust it with tasks that's ill-equipped to take on. For a roadmap to the impact of AI in the foreseeable future, put aside the prophecies of doom and look instead to a pair of reports issued last week. One by Goldman Sachs on the technology's economic and labor effect and another by Europol on its potential for criminal misuse. They mentioned that from an economic standpoint, the latest AI wave is about automating tasks that were once done exclusively by humans. They check the power loom, mechanized assembly line, ATM, etc., more efficient, blah, 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 than humans, and cheaper. But more cheaply and efficiently doesn't always mean better, as anyone who has dealt with grocery self-checkout machine, automated phone answering system, or customer service chatbot can attest. I hate that sentence. <laughs> that I hate sentence that sentence. Is there, any, is there anybody assuming it does mean better? Because it never has. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And what sets generative AI apart from past waves of automation is that it can mimic humans, even pass as human in certain contexts. That will both enable widespread deception and tempt employers to treat humans as replaceable by AI, even when they aren't. Research analysis by Goldman Sachs estimates that generative AI will alter some 300 million jobs worldwide and put tens of millions of people out of work, but also drive significant economic growth just in fewer and fewer hands. Uh, but I like this line. Take the top line figures with a shake of skepticism. Goldman Sachs predicted in 2016 that virtual reality headsets might become as ubiquitous as smartphones. Right. Anyway. It is hard to predict this stuff. AI's different, though. Right, right. Here's Here's where they get into the nitty and, to some extent, the gritty. The company's researchers rate white-collar tasks on a difficulty scale from 1 to 7. With review forms for completeness at one and make a ruling in court on a complicated motion at six, setting the cutoff for tax, tasks likely to be automated at a difficulty level of four, they conclude that administrative support and paralegal jobs are the most likely to be automated away, while professions like management and software development stand to have their productivity accelerated. Oh, 7% uh, boosted global GDP, but it also anticipates around 7% of Americans will find their careers obsolete in the process. Ouch. And many more will have to adapt to the technology to remain employable. That, that's fine. I mean, the only constant is change. You have to adapt. We, we have, you have in your business, wherever you are. But 7% of Americans will find their careers obsolete. That's a hell of a lot of people. And then they go into, what time is it? No, companies that are over-automating, uh, like uh, CNET, auto-generating error-ridden financial articles, etc. They give some more examples. But I want to touch on the Europol stuff. 
Um, that report, that's the, the European-wide police force, uh, details how generative AI could be used and in some cases is already being used to help people commit crimes from fraud and scams to hacks and cyber attacks. Chatbots' ability to generate language in the style of particular people or even mimic their voices could make it a potent tool in phishing scams. And language models' proficiency at writing software scripts could democratize the production of malicious code. Mm. Like everybody can do a podcast now. Everybody can send malicious codes to the hospitals of the world because they're pissed off that they couldn't get their, I don't know, their their runny nose cured. Interesting. Ability to provide personalized contextual step-by-step advice could make them all-purpose how-to guides for criminals looking to break into a home, blackmail someone, or build a pipe bomb. And there's more to this, but we're out of time. Wow, so our old joke about I wouldn't even know where to start to hack into something? Well, then I could just have uh, AI hack into that website. Yeah, yeah. A denial-of-service attack, please. If you miss an hour of our four hours, look for the podcast Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Armstrong and Getty. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.